Step inside these hallowed halls of the Red Light Library, where us librarians review short erotica. It gets the short end of the stick when it comes to criticism and review because, well, in the end, it's porn. This podcast reviews adult content that has frank discussions of sexual content, adult language, and, well, basically anything under the sun that certain publishing houses will allow. If that's something you can't legally listen to or don't want to listen to, back out now. Welcome back, dear patron, to the Red Light Library. I'm one of your hosts, Gavin, and today, quick warning, this isn't an erotica. There's straight up a nude person on the cover, and it says it's a spooky erotica. It is neither. So, let's talk about that. Today, I'm joined by uh, Deputy Super Librarian Jared. I sound like a Power Ranger. It's so cool. (laughs) I think um, it was Aya who took Lieutenant Librarian, so I have to come Mm -hmm. up with other things. I think my... um... Oh, what even was it? I think my, uh... my joke not even a joke my actual position uh at the library is working in records as was established last episode (laughs) which speaking of this completely diegetic um opening music that i heard over the radio speaker that's above me um (laughs) i love this like swanky uh 70s match game uh music we have as the opening i didn't get to mention that last time it's so much fun it's very fun. I'm excited to have found it. Actually, I found it thanks to the wonderful David Reinstrom of uh, Radio uh, Audio Drama Revival. So, if you want to check that out, you can get a lot of cool audio drama recommendations. How about that shit? So, today, we're going to talk about a story called Don't Walk Down 4th Street with a Trombone, Spooky Erotica by Uke Jackson. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. Jared knows I have hashtag strong opinions about this story and the author in particular um okay let me just say this every fucking paragraph of this needs a walk-in bass (laughs) and like maybe some piano because this is this is some fucking i don't mean to insult anyone who does open mic nights at coffee houses and be careful but this is a late 40s yeah (laughs) will no will knows where i'm coming will probably knows better than fucking anyone where i'm coming from late late 30s early 40s late 40s like approaching middle age or Mm -hmm. has hit middle age goes to coffee shops does every fucking open mic night thinks they are the jazz Mm -hmm. man of words i mean i honest reading this i could hear this man snapping his fingers you know as yeah no it's a there's a beat mm-hmm. to it which i mean let's let well fuck just the opening sentence i mean before we get to the opening sentence though before we, we have this wealth of material that is the like <laughs> yes, the copyright patient okay so first of all the author's name i don't know how to pronounce it it's yes. uh the author's name is you know it's a pseudonym he makes that clear on the copyright page is uh is uke space jackson and this is because he's big into ukuleles he has a ukulele festival you know that's all fine and well i don't know how we're not supposed to pronounce it like uke uk 
uke. There's no like. There's no. Uke. There's not an uke. accent like acute. There's not an accent agu. Uh, so I assume we're not going to pronounce <laughs> it like uke, which that would be an irony on an entirely different scale. Uh, for this, you know, can we talk about the fucking nudity on yes, this cover? Please do. Please. So. The cover of Don't Walk Down 4th Street with a Trombone. Also, happy October. It's the fucking whatever day of Halloween we're on right now. It's the it's the Halloween month. Yes. It's the Halloween month. We're doing spooky, spooky stuff. stuff. This one is for the fucking doot skeleton <laughs> memes, of course. So let's just get that the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the cover has a, a obviously stolen like geometric 3D rendering of something and is that what that's it is? I la- thought it was like a weird chandelier like light fixture it maybe makes, it's just a bunch that of makes triangles. as much sense as the g like it's just a shitload of triangles. solid that like floated in from the ether so yeah like- <laughs> <laughs> underneath it is what looks like a blonde a, a blonde woman that has been very 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 badly Mm -hmm. cropped out of whatever photo they were originally Mm -hmm. in there's like white outlines and shit all around them they (laughs) and i think maybe there's some high heels i see some straps Mm -hmm. on the ankles but also titties just Just fucking boobs this is a nude person Mm -hmm. at like 50 Mm percent opacity on this cover just there this okay so this cover typifies my theory about this and no offense to Uke Jackson Uke Jackson has made a lot more creative stuff than I have including the wonderful uh, Halloween appropriate single Vampire Banker here's a oh, clip Lord. we'll throw a shoe or two we'll all shout screw you and drive wooden stakes right to their hearts so that was Vampire Banker, uh, a song about how all bankers are vampires. And it was written in 2009. So that shoe joke is because of the guy who threw a shoe at George mm-hmm. Bush. W. The, the epitome of comedy there. My theory about Uke Jackson is Uke Jackson is one of those people who just does fucking anything that comes across mm-hmm. their mind. And they jury rig whatever materials they currently have to make it work. So like this was done with Microsoft. Yeah. Like, yeah. This cover was done with paint. Just he churned okay. it out, and it was I'm just really done. glad that you brought this up because um, it feeds into one of my theories. It's the uh, it, oh yeah, I forgot you yeah, have a theory. I have a conspiracy theory that w- we'll get into very soon in like the yes. next like two minutes. Because um, let's move on and talk about the copyright page. Um, it is. Oh, yes, the copyright page. So the copyright page is reads as follows. Copyright notice, and then in the line underneath it, copyright 2014 by Uke Jackson, parentheses, pseudonym, parentheses. Pseudonym. All rights reserved. And then underneath it is a P.O. box for Uke Jackson, Uke Jackson's website, and then cover design by Charles de Bourbon, Bourbon de Bourbon, bgastudios.com. Now, Gavin, yep. this fascinated me because <laughs> I thought somebody made this. Somebody made this and wanted their name associated with it. So um, 
I you showed me uh, Uke Jackson's website, which is you know early two thousands, late nineties. Um, I swear I saw it in automatic. It, it looks like the dying breath of GeoCities. I, I, God, Gavin, <laughs> like I I I looked at it and like I told you, my face just melted like the Nazi from the end of the here to the last arc. Like, because I, th- I so expected, like, immediately, the instant I saw the page that, like, a Scott Joplin MIDI was going to start playing, like, oh, like, the entertain, no. like, dun 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 um, so, I just watched, I just looked up BGAstudios.com. Oh, yeah, now, they are a web, they're a web design mm-hmm. company? Now, here's the thing, Gavin, go to, and they did one of Uke's websites, they did both of his websites. No, they did all of his books too look under prince oh i think it's very possible oh no charles de bourbon which stands for by the way uh bourbon um i think it's like graphic atelier or something like that is uke jackson oh no same website so here's Mm -hmm. the deal here's the deal we know uke jackson's real name it's steven deloro so Uke Jackson has two aliases pseudonyms if this is true either that or Uke Jackson keeps paying these Mm -hmm. people money Mm -hmm. why this is objectively bad design I'm looking Mm -hmm. at right here like they designed a um they did some print layout for a couple of university flyer looking things these look fine passable Mm -hmm. Uh, the web design is straight out mm-hmm. of, the, of the late 90s. Of course, that does make sense because uh, BGA Studios Facebook stopped posting in 2017. Oh. <laughs> wow. I'm glad we're up to date. Also, it should really show how fucking intense the story we're about to talk about is that we have gone this deep on it and we're only on the copyright I mean, page. Gavin... I am trying, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm trying really, really hard to stall and talk about good things before we, uh, unfortunately, like uh, our our literary predecessor, Dante, um, have to descend into the depths of hell. So, we cannot. So, there was a Mm -hmm. warning on the, I I put a warning on the website post Mm -hmm. of this, but I know a lot of people are not going to see the web so, post or the show notes of this. So content mm-hmm. warning. This is the strongest drug. This has actual drug use in it. A character uses is opiates. It has drug use. It has character death. It has a uh, body horror. Uh, so just fair warning. This is funny. It's funny. It's fucking stupid, but, a, but there is drug use and yeah, it gets bad. So I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna just gonna hit this first fucking paragraph, and I'm gonna layer some like jazzy music underneath of it here, because this is how I think Hugh Jackson wants this shit to be read. Uh, Phil played with Benny Baxter's Big Bottom Band. The night he first met the Lizzie, which means he was dressed in a white shirt, bow tie, seersucker blazer, purchased at the Salvation Army thrift store, black penny loafers, and off white chinos. He was carrying his trombone in its case. It was May, the month of crazy wild love. Every fucking sentence almost has a little uh, couched in the middle comma thing that should be 
m dashes and it fucking drives me nuts but still uh every sentence has an aside tucked into it to be like ooh. Yeah. like when i was in just to uh put it in perspective when i was in uh undergrad uh and i was working on my thesis my professor nicknamed me mr claus because i to an absurd degree would just couch and like nestle and nest all of my sentences in these just absurd it's because it's cool daddy oh, but like even this which i thought we were getting right into the sex like when it starts when because it starts with phil play with ben, nope. benny baxter's big bottom and then it said in the next line starts with band and i was like <laughs> oh well too bad damn also like you know objectively we can say that there are problems with this, but I have to say, playing devil's advocate, it does a lot of the things that good st- storytelling, you know, instructs. You know, it sets the stage and the mood oh, immediately. Yeah. It shows rather than it tells. It introduces the principal characters, which are Phil, the Lizzie, and the concept of trombones. It mentions that this will be a story of you know crazy wild love, even though admittedly it's more crazy and wild than love. But you know, nevertheless. Also, there's a weird sort of framing narrative because there is a omniscient third person Mm -hmm. narrator but it establishes that this might be a story that someone is being has been told because it sets up that the head of said uh big bottom band benny baxter Mm -hmm. himself as we all know the dixieland band leader who hired phil the most often heard this quote nutty love story from phil Mm -hmm. himself except it's one of those stories where the character fucking dies Mm -hmm. so we would never know the final it's it's like that bit in pirates of the caribbean where someone tells uh jack sparrow like everyone died and he's like who could tell this story Mm -hmm. then it's the goonies it's literally the goonies like well somebody must have gotten away with the map it's like yeah sure okay um okay cool which i'm so glad you brought it up because honestly uh yeah, it's pointed out at the memorial service. Benny called Phil a wonderful talent, beset <laughs> by some awful disturbance in his mind. Yeah, Phil dies. It's it's mentioned in the second paragraph. It's foreshadowed that Phil is going to die. Which the first time I read this, I honestly wonder. I'm like, is this is this normal? Is 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 uh, yeah? Which I think we can come out and say it now this I is not erotica this is more like urban this is more like local no, history not. urban yeah. legend like reportage and it's and it's there are so many firsts it has a anyway, yeah go ahead it has a strong desire to be magical realism <laughs> and uh literary fiction with a capital mm-hmm. l capital f like your chuck palinick level mm-hmm. stuff in fact i think you jackson has read a fair fucking amount of mm-hmm. chuck palinick chuk uh, palinick it it i think the sex is there because it's edgy bro mm-hmm. so edgy. the sex isn't even good Ooh, magic vagina the sex is like average it's not, at even, best. It's not even there it's, and it's anyway we are told handjobs mm-hmm. happen we are told sex happens sex, you know that's just fucking and it. a magic vagina is mentioned which is rubbed and then three wishes magic granted i don't vagina. know um but <laughs> and it, th- this story i think presents a lot of firsts for the red light library we have you know obviously oh, we have the does. drug uh content warning we have trombones we have you know this character death which aside from like uh getting funky with the pharaoh's mummy this is kind of the first we've experienced this and this is also mm-hmm. i would argue the first story that isn't outright 
erotica. Like this isn't really erotic. It has a. It has. Yeah, no, we got tricked into this. Er- so it has erotic sections. We might even call them erogenous zones. But like this story is a vanguard. It is iconoclastic. Um, and you might, and dear listener, you might be wondering well, why? Why did you? Why did you do this? And we, and it's because we were going to do a different story, and we decided against it. And so I just. Just fucking look I at just, this. Just look at the cover mm-hmm. and tell me. I searched <laughs> for spooky erotica, and this came up, and Gavin's like, yeah, so we're doing that now. I'm like, yeah. I'm- <laughs> we got it. We don't have a choice. Yeah. We are like contractually ob- obligated. The contract, unfortunately, was with the devil. So, um, yeah. yeah, let's just get into this. We can't put it off any longer. S- I do want to point out, yeah, we got to get into this. So, like, don't cry for Phil. Phil fucking dies like a mm-hmm. dumbass in this. Don't cry for Phil. Because our introduction to Phil... Um, okay, so here's mm-hmm. the story. Phil meets a succubus mm-hmm. ghost. The succubus ghost uh, tells him she can suck his bus if he starts doing mm-hmm. opiate so that he can fall asleep and have an opiate dream, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. But his first time meeting her is in a dark alleyway, and his first thought is phil's first thought was that she was a low-rent hooker run off northampton street by the cops pretty much anyone would have thought that last of the skanks phil thought probably still looking for her first trick of the night um she then hisses hisses at him this is some great fucking Mm -hmm. writing of women uke uh i don't want your money i want you i love trombone players this is plot important it it is actually this is the thing about this story that I want to give it credit. I really, really do. But I, I read you. You will read through this story, and none of this will make any sense at all, because section after section after section after erroneous section will just pop up, and you're like, that had nothing to do with the story. What? What? But that's only if you're considering it as erotica. But if you consider it as, like, local history, then it makes a lot more sense. But then it all comes back into this twist ending. And the twist ending is one of the most horrifying things I've ever had the misfortune to read. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, so... I've I've talked about negative endings a lot with monster and, like, magic-based erotica, where that's kind of Mm -hmm. the... That's kind of the thrill of it because that that is a huge kink is like unhappy endings yeah. i mean like uh, there and that's is why no, there, there is no happy ending that advertise like, has yeah. a happy ending yeah so like this one i get why but the unhappy ending has this weird it feels like there should be a moral but there isn't a moral because then it gets funny again at the end for no reason so like i mean Again, it feels like a it feels like a uh, author who's in a, a monthly short story mm-hmm. swap group who's trying to just write the wacky shit so that the other people mm-hmm. reading his work give him you know like oh wow so brave you put magic vagina in it is I don't fucking it is it, it's absolutely like the creative writing workshop like where you know somebody's gonna write some like I already told you. <laughs> I told you about my creative writing workshop uh, featuring a certain story, yeah, you um, which will not be recounted here because it would literally take me three hours. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, it would be it would be a fucking documentary. <sighs> it needs to be, honestly. Uh, I need my I need my trauma uh, <laughs> validated. But yeah. Um, so this <laughs> is just something. So there are actually a lot of morals um, because uh, Hugh Jackson is super judgmental. Um, late um, at the bottom of this page. After uh, this, which, by the way, this succubus is called the Lizzie. And you had a theory about that. The Lizzie. Uh, Kevin, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I dipped my toes into succubus lore by opening up the fucking Wikipedia page for mm-hmm. succubus. That was the all of it that mm-hmm. I did. But uh, if you read the Wikipedia page about the lore of succubi and like demons who are considered succubi, the first one is named Lilith. Uh, mm-hmm. which Supernatural pulls from, I think. They have a demon named Lilith, and I think she's based off of this somewhat. She's not a succubus, but it feels like that's where they pulled that Lilith, name from. I the fact think... that the succubus is named the Lizzie. Yeah. I mean, there is this whole local for Easton, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. fucking witch that was killed because she fucked a dude. Mm-hmm. Uh by accident she was killed by accident mm-hmm. which feels like it was also made up by you um so i think that's where they're getting that from maybe they're, they're actually uh i went ahead so i i told you that i went ahead and um did a little research and i think that um oh boy your theory might be very very uh solid because it appears that you jackson has uh borrowed from several wikipedia pages oh um, yeah so we'll get to that uh soon but anyway so in, ter- in terms of the uh the judgy uh, thing so this i'm this, loving this pacing god so this uh this paragraph here it's under the the lizzie saying oh i love trombone players that stopped phil right there No one had ever said that to him before about loving trombone players. I I just want to say that that the way that sentence reads is almost like a certain president of ours, like, you know, kind of no one had ever said that to him before about loving trombone. But, oh, Lauren. Anyway, um, he shifted his trombone case to his left hand, then back to his right, then back again. Shifting a trombone case hand to hand as a nervous gesture is extreme. Phil was wondering what this could be about, and if maybe he could get a freebie. He approached the shadows, expecting to see some coyote ugly woman, or like that. That was when the first whiff of her tickled his... So, like, does he mean, like, the movie? Does he mean, like... I looked... So, the coyote is a chain of saloons, apparently, with, like, a very specific aesthetic. I don't know enough about it. Like, I don't know whether it's, like, Hooters or... Or, you know, or something with along a, a specific aesthetic of that. I don't know. But again, Hugh Jackson is typecasting real hard here. <laughs> also, if this erotic has any definable kinks, I think the only one that is actually uh, clear enough to be defined is scent kink. There's not really anything else that's specific enough. Yeah, no, there's a lot of play with, uh, she has this, and again, 
this feels like he's take he's taken a couple creative writing classes. He's learned about like the basics of shit enough mm-hmm. that he knows what to play with. But it still feels like building blocks. Like she had an attractive. He smelled her before he saw her, and that scent's gonna cause him to do whatever she says. And then at the end of the story, we find out that the scent is coming from the other side. And mm-hmm. when you're on the other side, that scent was rotting flesh. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Like, ugh. yeah, it's it <laughs> everything is has rough. set up payoff, set up payoff, set up payoff, mm-hmm. but in like a formulaic way, it's kind of like I don't even know. I want to give Yuke a little credit. Yeah, that joke about him shifting the trombone case from hand to hand, mm-hmm. and then the narration saying that's extreme, mm-hmm. it, it feels somewhat self acknowledging in that that like there's some stupid funny shit in this mm-hmm. i mean i so would that, ar- there's a point there at least i think i could also argue that like he didn't like some of it is ironic but some of it is also like unintentionally funny because um yeah i think i think there's a fair amount of it it's like this wasn't meant to be funny at the same time um we can't like really overlook how much Yuke Jackson shits on trombone players. Um, he He's a ukulele player, so I guess that's his, that's his beef, his turf war with trombonists, I guess. But it's... <laughs> oh, man. It is... It is something. I think we are also passing over the way super too easy joke here, which might also be the thing that's motivating Yuke Jackson. And that's the fact that trombone has the word bone in it and it's supposed to be an erotica i mean that that literally could just be literally on the next look at vampire (laughs) banker Mm -hmm. (laughs) look uh, it's it's low-hanging fruit low-hanging flute oh god it's a it's a it's a low-hanging brass instrument indeed she uh so literally the next line actually when you say is uh when you mention about the trombone there's the uh she whispered for him to reveal his boner that could have been <laughs> trombone yeah and he just gave her his dick and she's like oh well this is okay i guess uh, do, does he say anything besides boner yes cock. like is is there the word uh, we will we will get to it at some point okay so he does say cock i just yeah. at least he says cock once mm-hmm. um she was pale paler than any junkie hooker just the word junkie gets mm-hmm. thrown around a lot and it's i don't know it feels judgy uh, I, yeah like there's there's some somewhat there's a progressive character i think it's benny of you know of the big bottom band that we all know about uh mm-hmm. Benny at one point tells Phil like, "Hey man, you're acting like you're on opium, and mm-hmm. like I'm cool with you know your 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 jazz cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with that, but I'm open minded." He mm-hmm. says, "But I don't do the hard shit. Like I don't put up with my musicians mm-hmm. hitting the hard stuff." And that scene that scene's interesting because it's before he actually does actual opium. Now, uh, I wonder about that. So it's like, oh, that. her scent is making him mm-hmm. act weird. Now I'm I like, wonder about interesting. that. That's cool. Yeah, I wonder about that though, um, because there's a line that says um, something along the lines of uh, her scent. 
folded into the opium high or something like that. And this was before yeah. we actually got to the opium. And when I first read it, I thought, oh, you know, this is like a, a descriptor to, you know, understand the comparison. Oh, the high is like an opium high. But then we get mm-hmm. into the, you know, Benny saying like, look, you know, you, you've, you're kind of like sounding like you're on some kind of dope. What are you doing? And I wondered what if there are two explanations for this because it's kind of one, it's like, it could be foreshadowing Two, it could be, um, like a misplaced piece. Like it could have, it should have been later, but it's actually in the wrong place. Or three, it is actually something that happened later in the story, but is put earlier because this timeline is fucked anyway. So yeah, I wondered if like that was, and again, that just makes it even more confusing craft wise because it's just, so you have, okay. um, uh, for the sake of us, uh, getting into some of the juicier parts, I'm going to, I'm going to fast forward this a little bit. So she gets a hand job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he keeps getting hand jobs. Uh, and then he asks for a blow job. And then she disappears for a week, but he keeps waking up at midnight and going back to that street to check so that when she does come back, he's like, hey, man, hey, hey, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask for too much. Whatever you want to do is fine. Mm -hmm. And she just goes, hey, for she starts pulling the multi-level marketing scheme on him. Mm -hmm. She's like, hey, you can have whatever the fuck you want. You can fuck me if you want. Mm -hmm. You just have to start smoking opium. And he's like, well okay and we get a paragraph about phil being a fucking loser his Mm -hmm. story demonstrates the power of loneliness oh man phil accepted adequate at as the best he would ever be in anything he knew his own limitations so he buys opium Mm -hmm. and we the reader okay so i learned how to smoke crack from oprah because Oprah did a thing on the crack epidemic in the late mm-hmm. 90s, and they straight up just told you how to smoke crack with a spoon oh, and everything. Yeah. Um, and th- this, there's a yeah. crash course on smoking opium in this story. Piece by piece. If I have a coat hanger, a big pen, a gas stove, and some opium, I'm good to fucking go, thanks to you, Jackson. There is a page you- and a half of instructions. It's it's it literally is instructions. It reminds me of uh, Taken by the Demon President, where there's a whole fucking two to three pages of details on what you oh, do yeah. at a Rocky Horror screening, mm-hmm. where it's just like fucking. St- you gotta do this, and if you go see the room in theaters, mm-hmm. you gotta throw plastic spoons. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's insane. Like, I feel it's, like at this it's point, a bit much. This could be a trend though, because that we could like you know. And, you know, with uh, out in the wilderness erotica, you could slip in like a PSA about like, you know, survival tips. You know, this could be really help. You know, like uh, <laughs> we need to get in on this because this here's how to get coupons. Really... Mm-hmm. Here's how to get good coupons. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God, we should write. Uh, we need extreme coupon or erotica. If it doesn't oh exist, it needs goodness. to exist that i may be related to an extreme couponer and therefore have lots of details on how that works Mm, groupon um okay but (laughs) groupon sounds like a dirty thing anyway so well yeah i mean we're as most apps do man 
<laughs> I need, oh, so, there's at one point where we're talking about the Lizzie story, yeah. and the narrator says, um, it's not like local children grow up hearing this ghost story, which is probably a good thing, as the Lizzie story is pretty raunchy when related in full. Fucking says you, <laughs> but he revealed his boner. Yeah. Jesus. He revealed the boner. Uh, the boner has been revealed. Boner. Dong has been expanded. Um, oh, also, the... this ghost succubus mm-hmm. fucked Edgar Allan Poe? Okay, so... that happened? So, okay, let me actually uh, go through this real fast, because we skipped over a lot of, like, extraneous detail. So, basically what happens is we get into, you know, uh, Phil is telling his... The, the banjo player, Bob and Moreno... Uh, you know, about what's, you know, going on with his thing. And then the next section we get into, like, the backstory behind uh, the venue where uh, where uh, Phil plays. This has nothing to do with the, yeah. the story whatsoever. He talks about um, Larry Holmes, the Easton assassin, and how he was, like, heavyweight champion of the world. Gavin, I Google searched this. And all of this is true. Literally everything that like why all of this is true. Like every and this is where I it, it increases my okay. theory. I think it enhances my theory of like this is all like local history with like kind of a weird. Yeah. Okay, look, Larry Holmes is so an this is meant to guy. appeal to local people. I think so. And he, you know, I mean, Larry Holmes is apparently an actual guy. He invested, you know, a lot of his winnings from his boxing days into his hometown of Easton, Pennsylvania. And that's cool. That's great. I love that. I love seeing athletes giving back, you know, like LeBron and Akron. That's great. <laughs> but this is really the interesting. So here are some interesting things. Um, first of all, apparently Larry Holmes actually sold off his like Easton company like his group of uh businesses to a different entrepreneur in 2014 which is the same year this story was published um additionally like there were so for instance there's a there's a um uh a paragraph that says the champ took his millions earned practicing the sweet science of pugilism and invested them in easton first employing hundreds on construction jobs and later in his restaurants nightclub and office complex that's pretty much straight from the wiki Mm -hmm. so that's that's literally uh straight from the wiki so later uh we get into you know what is phil like what is actually and phil's just portrayed as a loser as somebody that nobody would really miss which comes back later and I wonder which, I wonder if like we were talking about uh, just a second ago about who this appeals to, and I wonder is this like a self-insert, not necessarily Oop Jackson, but like in the same way that there are um, there are certain erotica that are meant to be wish fulfillment, and you know if Phil is like this mid four, yeah, so it was that Phil who was forty two and unmarried, so- manager of a Seven Eleven store by day, balding, pot bellied, and decidedly something of a nebbish, met his fate after a gig. Poor Phil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, Phil's fat. We don't find this out until like the scene he before to- he dies. He tries to look at his dick and he can't. He's laying on his back. He has to and... suck his gut in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he also it implies his dick's smaller, which I just I don't know. It just felt weird uh, coming out of nowhere. I do have some real life experience with something that makes me have a. I wish to add to your theory about mm-hmm. this since you looked up the local history mm-hmm. that sparked something for me. 
without naming names, there is a city, air quote city. It's not that big. It's got its population is 19,000. That is a few hours drive away from me. It's a a small town and it's got a, a couple of people who make a horror movie once every couple of years. So they're like all of those horror movies and they get better as time goes on. Okay. Quotes. Is this uh, like Ed Wood or? Like... Not that bad. Okay. But it also has that same kind. Like they go to a bunch of local mics stuff. They go oh, to open okay. mics nights. Mm-hmm. They go to uh, poetry readings. They go to shit like that. Uh, they're very engaged in, in the local like artistic community. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very nice people. I've met them because I hosted a couple open mic nights. Uh, mm-hmm. They These movies specifically use parts of that town that are recognizable because they know a lot of their customers are are going to be people from that city who are family of actors in the movie or were like hey the new the new horror movie that's in our town comes out next week and then they have like a big opening night at the uh local auditorium of the Mm -hmm. community college or like in a 4-h barn building Mm -hmm. and they project the movie everyone has a good time the dvd is included in the ticket price to see the movie so everyone gets the dvd of it uh that's so yeah cool. it's a very it's fun it's a it's, fun thing it's a fun community it's thing. very cool that town has a population of nineteen thousand. Easton, mm-hmm. pennsylvania has a population of twenty six thousand. Okay. so that that makes me think this mm-hmm. was that like yeah. uke is writing this for local people that he knows are going to read it and they'll be like oh yeah it's got this this and this in it that's real cool and now us assholes are reading it (laughs) yeah yeah we're just we're just tearing into it which i would say that i think that you i think that's extremely uh decent as a theory i do think though that like the way that Hugh jackson talks about some things um for instance like he says yeah you know phil was as good dressed as anyone as you might expect for someone in easton and i'm like oh hmm um so you know i wonder there is something okay Gavin. So here's another thing that probably was yes. completely unintentional. So after we get like, you know, uh, the Larry Holmes thing and, you know, a backstory about Phil, he's a loser. He, you know, would probably not be missed. He's, you know, he's going to die. We've been told this like 40 times now. We get into the Lizzie's backstory. So the very opening of that is it has the been Lizzie. more than three decades since the Lizzie appeared to Phil with a pssst. Here are some problems. So... I just, you know, I just told you that Larry Holmes uh, owned these, you know, these properties in 2008 and that they and that yeah. he sold them in 2014, which means that if this has been three decades since Phil was actually working in these places, this is happening in the future. Uh, according oh, to the no. according to the wiki, the earliest that this could possibly be taking place in this actually like this part of the narrative where he says, you know, it's been more than three decades since this happened. The narrator actually telling it now that has to be happening at least in 2039 or possibly later. Well, hey, he he pr- he future proof the story mm-hmm. so that us, the future generations, read it. <laughs> who would be like wow this feels like easton now Mm -hmm. it is it is so this timeline is fucked so now that we've yeah this timeline is fucked 
So why don't There's we get so why don't much. we get to the even more fucked part, the fucking. So we get a detailed <laughs> tutorial on how uh-huh. to smoke opium. Just yeah. if you want to know how to smoke opium but not flag the government, I guess, by this mm-hmm. story. I don't yeah. know. Don't do that, kid. Smoke opium, stupid. So mm-hmm. uh he he smokes it because the rules are if he gets an opium high and then falls asleep, mm-hmm. he will see she will come to his bedside and fuck yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um and and then the first thing he's worried about is after the first time they have sex and mm-hmm. he experiences her direct quote magical vagina. Yes. He looks down and he has to suck his gut in because his pee-pee's too small or whatever the fuck we're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um he notices the cum's gone mm-hmm. and he immediately thinks in his opium high, she stole my cum. Like yeah that that is that is what's happening but i do not think phil would think this at this moment no i i mean he's he's gone through so much to have sex with this like ghost woman and it's it is and but he's very concerned and as well he should be because that actually plays into the horrible twist at the end um yeah I had a question. Oh, we also get to uh, swapping of words that you brought up with me in uh, chat while we were talking about this. Yes, uh, please. It seems please. like there's some autocorrect happening here, mm-hmm. or our boy Yuke is really trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> the line is, oh, hang on, I slipped too far. I have it. Uh, His sticky jazz was all gone. Disappeared. <sighs> Was it Uke? Was it autocorrect? Was it? It's a mystery. <laughs> was it? Do, 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 the... I have a question about something that happened in the sex, and I I just want to get your reaction as to whether this seems uh, credible, because it just it gave me some... Now, again, the, the sex is very average. It's, um, it's, you know, average at best. It's pretty uh, middle of the road, but there's this yeah this specific part then she inserted him and slid herself up and down while phil moaned and buried his face in her bosom and lapped at her flesh like a puppy with a new master she rubbed her clit back and forth over his pelvis and her hole got tighter and tighter around his cock is that i mean i'm not going to dictate the terms of like ghost sex but like is that anatomically probable is that a thing i think i think that's Yuke not wanting to say pubic mound or anything so he just said i his mean abdomen <laughs> i mean it's more that like she's rubbing her clip back and forth over his pelvis while she's like she has to be like i mean as the as the phrase goes to the hilt at this point yeah and it's, it's but the well, idea I mean, that like hey, that whole trombonists I... are good to the last drop. You got to get all of it. I mean, that and they uh, the that slide goes all the way up. But hey, hey, so <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, so they have a lot of sex. They have sex forty times. This is important. They have sex forty times in this. Um opium eight month periods yeah no two 
It is. I think it is about eight months. So Phil is Phil is falling apart. His life is falling apart. Like he just wants to have sex. He's he's high all the time. He loses his job at the Seven Eleven. You know, he's going through his inheritance, and he goes to unemployment and he's you know picking up checks until he you know just can't be bothered to go get them anymore he's just buying more and more opium until his dealer who is the per- who is the cousin of a person he knows in Trenton which i was concerned at for a moment i actually went and looked it up because i thought okay well what is this what is this dialogue being made? And uh, at first, it came yeah. from Trenton, New Jersey, which is 70% um, people of minorities uh, or uh, minority groups. Uh, I thought, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. But apparently there is a Trenton, Pennsylvania, which is probably <laughs> more likely what is actually meant. But unfortunately, I could only find like a... Uh, travel to Trenton, Pennsylvania site. So I couldn't find demographics very easily in the like two minutes that I was on Google. So I don't know whether there was any... Still, yeah. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with the assumption that Uke Jackson of all people would be like, yeah, the the drug dealer's from that town. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So, again... Phil is like, oh, she keeps, you know, fucking me, and then, oh, oh no, my semen's gone, and oh, okay, whatever. And then, right before we get to the, the, the pivotal death scene, really, we have this, which I'm going to get back to the Lizzie's history, because it'll come into this, into the twist ending later, but uh, we get into this discussion of Moravian settlers, and uh, the the G- Moravian yeah. German settlers in the I, I think this is pronounced Lehigh Lehi uh, River Valley in 1741, um, and that their trombone tradition, and they have like a brass liturgical uh, ensemble, and they love trombones, and it's and this comes out of nowhere, and you think, dear God, what is yeah. this doing here? That would be like me writing an erotica set in the city I'm in that has German heritage and mm-hmm. just going ham with German heritage conversation mm-hmm. in the book. Like, it just, no one cares. Nobody cares. And also, there's another, uh, I think, well, uh, Hugh Jackson, this is a small pedantic point, but he says such speculation is moot <laughs> about a thing. Moot actually yeah. means arguable, even though it is commonly casually used as, uh, like, definite it is unarguable like finished complete yeah uh moon actually means arguable but um hey gavin do you want to do you want to talk about um how phil dies the circumstances uh, around surrounding his uh, demise so so phil has been buying from a from his cousin's friend through mm-hmm. the cousin uh the cousin kept two grams of the ounce of uh opium that he bought mm-hmm. originally which i thought was a funny little like feels such a fucking loser he can't even find a drug dealer that doesn't steal from him mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i also Phil wondered, runs like, out yeah. of opium the guys the guy gets caught the guy who was selling it to him gets busted yeah so he can only buy 
heroin. He's so like, the dumbass yeah. buys a shitload of heroin. He uh, I don't know much about heroin. I know he bought a shitload of heroin. He bought 20 bags of what heroin. The fuck. And so Phil Phil goes to his dealer because he the bought so much busted. heroin. His dealer was like, hey, man. Yeah. Chill. Because literally his dealer was like, look, um, so all you've done is opium. So like you have to realize that this heroin is like the refined shit. Like you need to not, you need to go like very, very, you know, light on this. And so Phil dumps this way. And so Phil um, <laughs> dumps a bag out on this like green plate, this green clay plate he had. And he's like, oh, there's hardly anything in here. I This this dealer, he uh, cheated me. I need to make sure I get a better dealer in the future. So he dumps. And again, like this is the this is the content warning part. Uh, so overdose. He dumps. Yeah. All 20 bags of the heroin on the plate, snorts it all and just instantly dies. And of course he fucking died because he's an idiot. And he snorts it with a $10 bill because in movies we snort with bills. But like he's in his apartment. There's got to be clean paper. (laughs) It's oh my gosh. So I I genuinely wondered like whether this is like horribly tragic. But I wondered like is this supposed to be funny? Because this is like the hyper. This is like the the hyperbolic quality of comedy that like Mel Brooks. That Mel Brooks quote is like tragedy is yeah. when I get a paper cut. Comedy is when you fall in an open manhole and die. Um, and he snorted more like ten times as much opium as his dealer opium heroin as his dealer told him was less than well like safe. that. that I'm thinking about the scene in Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman ODs, and like that wasn't a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, Phyllis. Uh, so they have the, they have the, they have the funeral, and nobody's, nobody's, nobody's really, sad. nobody misses him, and there, um, there are tuna salad sandwiches cut into quarters, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they serve Pap's Blue Ribbon at the funeral. Fuck yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, uh, you know, Phil's story gets around, and we get another judgmental uh, little section here, because uh, after Phil's story gets around, people are, some people uh, are like, hey, there's a succubus around this alley on hey. 4th Street. And so people, start, scene. people start hanging around. And this is what the para- this is a paragraph. Since as many as five or six of these would-be erotic adventurers might be seen at the same time on the block in question, it is unlikely that the trombone cases were being shared. So basically, these people were walking around with trombone cases, trying to get, uh, you know, trying to score with the succubus. Uh, by the way, the succubus does not reappear to any of them. Nope. So quote these poseurs, not posers. Poseurs, poseurs, were all tattoo and piercing freaks who would try anything given the opportunity, even if it meant pretending to be a trombonist. Okay, one, if I didn't know Uke Jackson was obsessed with fucking ukuleles, I would say Uke Jackson plays a trombone. Two, mm-hmm. Uke Jackson has it out for people who uh, get tattoos and piercings for some fucking reason. I would also say that Uke Jackson is like... 
of, of a very specific demographic, um, given the way yeah. that he uh, discusses people who appear to be younger than him, um, among other things. Yeah. So, he, I need to, it's cool for Uke. It's cool mm-hmm. for Uke to be this hip, fucking mm-hmm. uh, pot smoking, ukulele playing, mm-hmm. Bush administration making fun of musician <laughs> slash writer. But the mm-hmm. second someone gets a fucking lip piercing, oh mm-hmm. no! The this is the end of uh, civilization. Everything is down. Everything is dead. Um. So, oh, before, he also wears a shitload of Hawaii shirts. Yes, he so does. So I just want to point that out. All of his fucking pictures. <laughs> so, Gavin, before I so to set up this ending, um, do you mind if I go into the Lizzie's backstory? Because I think please the way we, do the way our we've listeners done, need to know this shit. The way we've done this, um, is actually more I think sensible than not. Uh. Oh, thank God, Gavin. Our prayers have been answered. <laughs> Eric Silver responded to me. So thank I have, God. So I have a I have a, a wonderful um I have a wonderful uh not really quote, but opinion from uh Eric Silver, which will uh come if only he knew. Um Anyway, so to explain, to set up the twist ending, we need to kind of explain Uke Jackson's weird backstory for the Lizzie. So essentially the Lizzie is um, alleged by the legend to have been this woman who was so flirtatious, uh, she was considered a witch and she was murdered um, by the wives of some of Easton's leading German families in the late 18th century. Which is kind of funny because um, Easton, I looked this up also, was actually founded in 1887. So this timeline is fucked, as we have already said. (laughs) So basically, the German housewives, according to this, according to this, um, this backstory, set up a dunking chair over a pond that once existed in the vicinity, I'm reading this uh, verbatim quote, of the present-day Express Times building, the dunking was meant to scare the flirt and set her straight about how women back then were supposed to behave in Easton. It got out of control and she drowned. Not long after, her wraith began to appear in the vicinity. So the housewives, the German housewives of Easton, Pennsylvania, dunked that woman in the pond like Vince Carter. (laughs) They just dunked she she experienced death by dunking which i hate to say it but i just imagine like these people dressed in like uh pilgrim like puritan clothes like these housewives in puritan clothes like on a court and there's like this lever on the side of like underneath a hoop and you know they're like you know doing space jam dunks and like this poor girl is just the succubus is just falling into the pond over and over again, but it's like a it's like a dunk tank. It, it really does open up a new definition of the term getting dunked on. So anyway, uh, so Lizzie's story became like a legend. Uh, she's never actually referred to as Lizzie. She's referred to as the Lizzie. And apparently part of this crazy backstory is that the reason Lizzie kind of fixed itself onto the name is because of the person who apparently f- 
first reported it. And this is uh, Elizabeth Loomis Ellett, who just, you know, wrote this as a magazine story. And then for no apparent reason, this literally doesn't have anything to do with the story at all, other than like the local history angle again. Um, Uke Jackson goes into like Elizabeth Loomis Ellett's like scandalous uh, pass with Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe is also misspelled. Um, and it's, it's Allen with an A instead of an E. I've done the same thing, which is why I know this. Um, and he goes into like why, uh, into Elizabeth Ellett writing to Francis Osgood, who Poe was also having an affair with and how literary critics all know this and, you know, on and on. I looked this up and this is almost directly from the wiki also for Elizabeth Loomis Ellett. She also existed. So this is all... This is all, like, reportage of local history. So, essentially, the reason I bring this up is because the fact that the German wives of eastern Pennsylvania apparently accidentally killed this woman has everything to do with the uh, also the, the Moravian German settlers who uh, love, uh, who have their liturgical brass ensemble, and they love, uh, you know, trombones, and that's their way of, you know, expressing their religion. This is all important context for the final ending. So, horror. Utter and utter and utter horror. So, Phil dies, as you'd expect, snorting 20 bags of heroin. And please jump in at any time, Gavin, um, (laughs) that you would, I don't want to talk too much, but I also don't want to like, I don't even, this, anyway. We don't want to leave anything behind. I don't, it's, it's so good in the worst way. It's like, this is masochistic at this point. Um, But, so basically what happens is Phil. I actually have a movie. I have a movie that is somewhat similar to this scene. So Uh-oh. I will recommend it at the end of this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Phil so dies like Phil dies like a fucking chump. <laughs> Lizzie, the Lizzie, Le- <laughs> the Lizzie leads him to this like uh, this garden, this like ethereal limbo garden, and it's weird because the writing here is really beautiful in this kind of very apocalyptic way and i think it would be best if i just read it because it's really hard for it to describe yeah so quote phil however was seriously missing the side called life the lizzie led him to his eternal station in her garden there to this day he tends four rows of ethereal growths sprung from a soil-like medium the color and seeming consistency of clouds The Lizzie didn't have to tell him that these were their offspring, the results of her repurposing of his seed. There are four rows of ten of these things, forty, one for each exquisite opium-induced fuck. Now, you know, here you might think, okay, well, this is, this is getting into more of the, uh, I don't, I don't know what you really want to call it, like slipstream fiction or whatever, but, um, you're getting into the weirder territory, but then... Here's where I firmly put my uh, hand, my foot down and said, no, no, this is not erotica. This is nothing, nothing even close. Part creature, 
part plant. All otherworldly, these growths are similar in ways to trombones. They have stems that curve and loop around themselves, much like the tubing of brass instruments. Each of these abominations pumps up and down like a trombone slide. The whole of each of these things grows upright, with what should be the bell pointing upward. Instead of the bell of a horn, though, each has something resembling a baby's head thrown back with mouth always wide open. <sighs> These, oh, it gets worse. These cloud-rooted yeah, things are a shiny golden color. They squall without stopping, ever. And each of their cries is a different note from a trombone, but always sharp or flat, and sharp or flat in such a way that it is a degree of sharp or flat different from the sounds emanating from any of the other things growing in the rows. The slides pump up and down. Each out-of-tune screech stinks, and the things have no spit valve. Phil's task is to run along the rows with a gauzy, net-like contraption and capture the emanations, the spiritual spittle, if you will, from these squalling, stinky things. Every so often, he empties the putrid nectar into a tub the color and sheen of Mother and Pearl. Now, I'm just going to paraphrase. At this point, Phil realizes he can see other trombonists who have been victims of the Lizzie. He realizes that he can't actually communicate with them because they can't hear him. He can't even hear himself. Only The only things that can be heard are these screaming trombone baby creature abomination things. The uh, stuff they catch, the spittle or whatever, is dumped into a tub. The Lizzie bathes in that tub, and that's what the scent is that attracts the men on in the human world. Mm-hmm. Now, the, now, you might ask, well, why the hell is the Moravian and all of that? This is what the twist ending is. <laughs> this I told, is the worst twist in I'm gonna, fiction. It is terrible. And also, Gavin, I want you to... Uh, boot up that uh boot up what you exactly said um when i told you the the ending on discord it's oh okay oh man so this is the ending let me just search the word moravian i know we have lots of moravian conversations Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so many we we can't keep up yeah so this, this, this is the twist the lizzie the succubus is actively targeting trombonists because she feels that uh, if she does, she is, you know, killing trombonists, she is stealing them away, and she is weakening the Moravian faith, which relies on trombone music to express their religion, and therefore getting back at the Moravian wives that that originally drowned her. But the twist is... Everyone fucking hates trombone players. (laughs) This is the final paragraph of of the piece. The motivation of the Lizzie is simple but misguided. The Moravian Germans love trombone music. By stealing away trombone players, seducing them there on 4th Street with her evil sweet scent and her magic vagina, the Lizzie believes she is wreaking vengeance on Moravian women. Like the women who killed her oh so long ago. What she doesn't realize is that no one misses a trombone player, Moravian or not. The wives of trombone players make happy widows. Oh my fuck. And my response to that, when you told me on Discord, my response was, if that's not a wax mustachioed, overly friendly at first meeting auteur writer's story, I don't know what is. That 
ending sums up my <gasps> what that solidified my mental picture of Uke Jackson in a second. The second you told me that. Oh, uh, Lord. also. We would be remiss in not pointing out that, of course, the woman in the story that has any fucking semblance of power Mm -hmm. turns out to be A, evil, and B, misguided, and is actually wrong. And her power power and her actual, like, uh, quest, which she is very apparently accomplished at, is pointless. Like, she is not actually accomplishing her goal at all. Um, Yeah. And it's, yeah, so that's the story, which I I don't, we've been, I don't even know. Yeah, it's been a little while, but I think we have enough time to discuss um, the Amazon page because there are two reviews, Gavin. We have to touch on the Amazon page. There is a biography Um, for you, Jackson. Do you want to take Carolyn or Kindle customer? (laughs) I, I mean, I think you really liked Carolyn, but if you wanted me to take a uh, Kindle customer, that is, what do you want? I'll do Kindle customer real quick. Kindle customer might as well be spelt Uke Jackson. Uh, mm-hmm. This story is a reading pleasure. I was, I just love the way Uke Jackson encompasses everyday life and objects into the most entertaining story. Uke has a flair for writing dialogue that is true to form, genuine speech, and not fluffed up for dramatic effect. The characters themselves could be someone you might just know. The story may, still makes me smile. Read it and put a smile on your face! Exclamation mark. And then... The might as well just be fucking like social media tags for you, Jackson. There. Like that's Jesus Ooh. fuck. That is someone from Easton, Pennsylvania. That is named you, Jackson. That's a trombone. That's not a. That's not a trombone player. I can tell you that. That is that is someone who hates fucking trombone players. Those mm-hmm. those scum of society. <laughs> One person found this review helpful. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Carolyn Osborne. Osborne, rather. Her review, five stars. The sex in this story embarrassed me. Her review reads, I have... I can't... This is... I mean, I love reviews, but oh man. Her review reads, I have read my share of explicit sexual content, and this is not that kind of X rating. But because I went to high school with the author and know him, I felt like I was having a sexual experience with him, something I would (laughs) never do outside of my marriage. Thinking it through, Uh... is is that not the marker of talent when words transcends into an experience? Period. I would call this story metaphysical fiction, grounded with factual regional references and presented as only a musician could. Exactly where the fiction ends and reality begins will differ with each reader. Being a student of the metaphysics for 40 years, the generally accepted fictitious aspects bled into possibility reality for me. I liked it. One person Carolyn wants some uke. Damn, she Carolyn. Wants uke. She wants a piece of that. She thought about uke before, but now she's thinking about uke. May- oh my goodness, Gavin. That's it. That's the new erotica. Uke fanfiction. 
Oh, which no. This no, no, no. man, this man, unfortunately, <laughs> may be the most interesting person I have ever uh, come across, honestly. Um, his biography. Okay. Before we talk about the biography, I have oh, tell, to describe Yeah, tell me the about the, the movie. Yeah. Oh, the, no, the movie you were going to talk about. Oh, the movie. Okay, okay. So, if you... If, the body horror ending to this story. If you want something kind of similar, there's a 1980 movie called Motel Hell. I saw it on Netflix, like, fucking ages ago. So, it might still be there, because who wants to pay for Motel Hell? Motel Hell is about uh, a older couple who run a motel called motel hello but the o burned out on the sign uh they have these famous pies they make these like like meat pasties basically oh that have no a, that has a secret ingredient that my girlfriend has just shouted out is human uh soil and green so what happens is every day they leave the motel and go out into the huge property behind it and there's this forest with a little like high fence around a section of it uh and there's classical music playing super loud whenever they go in there they turn off the classical music for a moment what you find out is the classical music is hiding the fact that they have buried kidnapped people up to their neck in garden fashion and then slit their vocal cords so they can only scream like they can't speak anymore uh so they basically have human plants that they fatten up and then dig up and kill until they, uh, uh, or they dig up and kill them when they're ready to be harvested. And that's how they make the great pies. Uh, this movie features John Ratzenberger as drummer, uh, and Wolfman Jack is Reverend Billy. So it is a, it is a cheap ass old horror movie. It's slow as fuck. And, but the poster's great. It's just, uh, the tagline is meats, meat, and a man's got to eat. Like, <laughs> if you want a slasher Holy movie, that's a fun one. Shit. Oh, yeah. What, what is it with horror and like meat pot, like Sweeney Todd and like, right. it's always like, where's the meat? Have you seen the, um, where's the beef? Have you seen the, uh, the Courage the Cowardly Dog episode where it's the diner where they make, uh, meat sculptures, but it looks yep. like they're eating the, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, um, anyway, the, the thing I wanted to talk about before you dive into Uke's biography right here at the end, uh, the picture of Uke, he is holding a ukulele. It is a, you know how steel guitars are a thing? It's mm-hmm. a steel ukulele. Uh, do you know why steel guitars were created, by the way? Why? They were originally invented to help people play Hawaiian music. And he's wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. He looks like... He looks like the uh, the Jungian archetype for an uncle. <laughs> he looks like the uncle. He's like the t- if there if TV tropes has like a page for an uncle. He's the picture. Like he is the uncle. Yeah. And that's not to like insult this person. It's just like everything about the fake name the fucking hawaiian shirt the ukulele the thing we just read that's pretending he to be has an erotica the, wax mustache. the fact that he he has the wax mustache i didn't know that when i made the joke Yuke oh. is a playwright novelist short story writer producer blogger broadcaster band leader follow him on twitter fuck he has a twitter he's on twitter oh, i'm gonna oh, keep reading this no. while you go look at his twitter 
Please go. His, his plays have been produced in different theaters in downtown Manhattan. In addition to the musical Ukulele Land, his dramatic writing includes Monster Time, The Secret Warhol Rituals, and Avenue Z Afternoon, which he adapted for a GM Mark of Excellence television production. His first play written as an adult, Dristy Magic, a one-act, was staged by the McCarter Theater Street Theater Unit. Over the years, he contributed short stories, essays, and articles to magazines and newspapers across America, including the Miami Herald Sunday Magazine, New York Daily News, Philadelphia Inquirer, Berkeley Barb, Smithsonian, Travel and Leisure, and others. For many years, his light verse was a frequent feature in the New York Times. Gavin, is it possible that we just found the one bad thing he wrote? Or have we, like... Have we like wandered into a different time stream? Because, um, there, okay, so there's a lot just more. I'm something. not even halfway through. By the way, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I think, and I think at an hour and ten, we're gonna have to close the book on you. But what I'm gonna do here, I just on found on, on his Twitter a, the only picture, the only picture ever posted on Twitter by Yuke Jackson is one of his books and I'm going to end this episode in this. I'm going to steal something from my brother, my brother and me. I'm just going to read you the title as the last thing we say on this episode. And our reaction will just be what we fade out on. So Jared, after all of this, would you recommend don't play a trombone on fourth street? No, (laughs) I I can't. I just, it's, I w- we made thing. it fun. We he just made, made it fun, fun because it's we not, did all okay. this. If the question is, would you recommend it as an erotica? No, it's not an erotica. Don't read it if you want erotica. This will not get you off. This actually kind of like has too many things in it where it's like, this is the opposite of getting you off. Um, if you want it as a weird, like, local history, urban legend sort of thing, then like... Yeah, I mean it's ninety nine cents. It's fifteen pages, so like, yeah, like you you you're definitely getting an experience for ninety nine cents, and you've gotten enough to know what you're getting into. I will also say before we end, uh, thanks to Eric Silver for providing me with uh, his pick for the greatest dunker. Um, so therefore, I can actually make that joke. <laughs> the the lovely um, uh, the dunking wives of Moravian Eastern eastern pennsylvania that's fantastic so go for it uh where where can people find you on the internet if they want to uh if they want to they could um find me on twitter at hattie palms a h a t t i e p a l m s that's the best place to find me if you want to find the Red Light Library online, our Twitter is at Red Light Library. You can also find us at our website, redlightlibrarypodcast.wordpress.com to find show notes and all of our other episodes. We're also on Spotify and whatever podcatcher app you can find to look us up with. If you want to find me, uh, my Twitter is at the pod report, T-H-E-P-O-D-R-E-P-O-R-T. And if you want to send me an email, it's ukejackson at ukejackson.com. That's actually Yuke Jackson's actual email listed on his Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Did you say if you wanted to send it to him or to you? It sounded like if you wanted I to send me an email. I was joking to send it to me. Also, Yuke moved to Hollywood, Florida. Uh, of course he did. And he's a huge Miami Heat fan, apparently. 
So he's into the dunking. Also, his Twitter and Instagram... His Twitter is just linked to his Instagram. He never tweeted, except for, like, once, I think, or twice. Um, his Instagram also stopped in 2017. So I think maybe it's possible we have lost you, Jackson, from Well, also, internet. didn't you say uh, that after the... His... Uh... Oh, no. Or didn't that I say what? Sad. I was oh, no, I'm say not saying be... he's dead. I'm just saying oh, he's okay. done. <laughs> no. That, do you not remember the, the guy... Uh what's his name de bourbon he stopped in 2017 too oh yeah we have confirmation then we have confirmation so uh thank you everyone for listening to the super long halloween episode of the red light library thank you jared for joining me i want to invite you all to see us next tuesday i will see you next tuesday at least now jared i'm going to read you the title of a story from you we could have read can't wait Tom Buck and the Screaming Stink, a cryptozoological thriller novelette of Bigfoot in the Old West. Oh, a missed opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Amazon was a mistake.